ECW live cast. This week is episode 46, and we are covering ECW Hardcore TV episodes 96 and 97 from February 21st and February 28th of 1995. I'm Mike Prue, along with JV, as always. JV, how you doing? Doing well, man. Here we are, February 1995. Things getting hot and heavy. Oh, yeah. And first juicy, off, juicy stuff coming up. Oh, yeah. We're in the mix of two bigs, big supercards, ECW supercards, Double Tables and Return of the Funker. They're just banging out these supercards, these big ECW arena shows, month after month after month now. And ECW Hardcore TV is just based all around that for the most part. And man, has it been getting good. Like every episode that we've covered has been good over the past month. Like Ever since we hit 1995, basically, all these episodes are damn good. And there was a whole change in programming, whole style change. Man, I'm impressed with it, and I'm looking forward to watching more of this 1995. But before we get to it, we've got to always welcome back our BTT Army, Booking the Territories Army, and also a little niche group within the BTT JV Goon Squad, which is comprised of the listeners of the Extreme ECW Livecast, the World Class Cast. And uh, the NWA cast, the uh, Mar- Marlon Miller and, and um, Sparks, they do their show on the new NWA. Not the old NWA, the new one. So we're, we're the spinoff shows, and we're proud to say we're the first spinoff show of BTT. <laughs> so we're proud members of that goon squad. So thanks, guys, for always listening to us on Patreon, being Patreon subscribers. And for those of you goon squad members and BTT Army members out there, I'm going to be meeting some of you this week as you're listening to this because i'm gonna head down here from massachusetts i'm gonna head down to new orleans into metairie louisiana neighboring town city whatever metairie at grace king high school to watch some wildcat professional wrestling with the whole btt army that's gonna make the trip down there so hey i'll meet that's some pretty of you awesome guys. yeah a little jealous I'm, I can't go, but. Yeah, I, I wish you could Someday. go. You did You did ask me. Yeah. So, I wish you could have went. And I know, you know, things are tough. We already got shit planned throughout the summer. Different trips going on. Yep. You know, even, even for myself, I'm making this trip down to New Orleans. And the night I come back, 
I need to get to bed because in the morning I'm, I'm going to drive to New Hampshire. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> from one end of the state, the United States, from the I'm, bottom to the top. I'm going south to north. Yeah. 24 hours. Crazy. Crazy. So, and you got your trips going on. And then we, we have our trip together. Yeah. We're not going far. We're just going to another state. We're going from Mass to Connecticut. And we're going to see our boy, Bill Burr. Yeah, so we we, we're going to hit a lot of states. I mean, I'm going to hit, you know, from Mass to Rhode Island to Connecticut to New Jersey to New York. Delaware. You going to Delaware? Delaware and then yep. to Maryland. Yep. And then you're going from here to Louisiana. I'm flying over most of those states. So yeah. So, no layover, uh, right? You're going nope, straight no shot. layover. Straight shot. Boston to, to um, yeah, New Orleans. That's where the airport is. Uh, yep. Louis Armstrong. Yep, airport. I've been there. That's right. Right, you did go down there with, uh, with uh, JT. Yes, sir. So, yeah, so we, a lot of shit going on. So, with that said, guys, bear in mind, you know, we, and we've we've had slacked at times getting this out on time. And this episode is not coming out on time. <laughs> it is because of all those things going on. But we, we try to get these to you as often as possible. So, please bear in mind with those. It's summertime, and it's... I've I've often been called by my friend Summer Prue because that's when I go wild. <laughs> so, <laughs> so things are kind of always come out on time in the summer for Mr. Prue here. But thanks for always being loyal listeners and listening to the Extremely Stubby Livecast. And we can't wait to get into this. But before we do, before we drag this on any further, we've got to give ourselves some plugs. Follow us on Twitter at ExtremeCast. Follow me, Mike Prue, at NPRU83. And follow JV at John Van Damage. And also check out our other show, Ah Baby. It's the bottom line wrestling cast. The career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And we are nearing and we are targeting the end of this career. I mean, we'll go on for a little bit longer. But we're at the point where Austin is walking out. That's our episode this week. Austin walks out. And that's June of 2002. So you guys know that story. You know, most of you guys know that. You know Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know he walked out because he didn't want to do the J-O-B to the Brock Lesnar, to the next big thing. And that's where we're at. And we know he's going to be gone for a while and then pick up in 2003 where he's going to get built up to have his big last match against The Rock. And really, that's the end. But we'll continue on further with it and cover his run as the code commission, the sheriff, and all that shit that goes down. Throughout 2003 and 2004. Oh, man, we're at the end of his wrestling career. And it's been a great journey. There's over 150 episodes available. 121 chronological episodes. Over 30 watch-along episodes of some of the greatest matches of Stone Cold Steve Austin's career. We also have special episodes covering each individual year of Stone Cold's career. Top 5 episodes. And we even have a special series on the Hollywood Blondes. Where we are 3 episodes in of covering... His run with Brian Pillman as the Hollywood Blondes. And that's always fun to do, to check out some WCW. And I think in the future, we're going to try to cover his TV title run when he was stunning Steve Austin when he first came in and his run with the U.S. with the US Championship when he unfortunately eventually loses to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> and that ends his run there, which leads him to end up getting fired and going to ECW. So there's still more for us to talk about, but... With the heart of Stone Cold Steve Austin, that coverage is almost over. But please go over, check us out at Bottom Line Cast on Twitter, and whatever podcast service you use, just type it in. Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. It's been around for three years. 
So if you haven't find it, haven't found it, it's time to find it now. All right, one last plug because we want to be able to do this the way we're doing it without this man. That man is Richard Land. Richard Land is co-runner of the history of WWE.com website. And that that website, while it says history of WWE, it's not just that. It's history of just about everything. ECW, WCW, NWA, you know, many of the major promotions and as all the results, house shows, pay-per-views, TV shows, everything's there. It's a great resource, especially for us here on ECW Livecast, Stream Livecast. And on the bottom line wrestling cast. And I know many other podcasts use it. But they don't always give props to Richard Land. But we're giving special props to him. Because he deserves it. And he also helps us out. Because now he's been giving us this footage. Of ECW Hardcore TV. That we've been using. Which is the original programming. You know we were using the WWE Network shit for a while. But then they went on. You know the cock. They rode the cock. And we didn't want to ride that cock. So. We asked Richard Lane if we can get these episodes, and we got them. And now we're afraid to go back to the cock. Davey, <laughs> we can't do it, right? We can't go back on the cock. No way. No, no. As long as, long as Richard's no, given us... We've these. had this discussion. This has got to stick with... Uh, right, we got it. We're him. sticking. As long as, as, long as he, want, he wants to provide them to us, we're, uh, we're sticking with it. Exactly. All right, guys. So before we get started, I just want to point out that the matches that we'll be covering on this week's episode... Come from the two supercards from February 4th and February 25th. The February 4th ECW Arena show was called Double Tables, or that's what it became known as after the fact. And then the same with the 25th show. It was known as Return of the Funker. Okay, so those are what those supercards are now called based on the events of those shows. So we'll be covering matches from those shows. And with that said, Return of the Funker was the winner of our poll. So, a few weeks back, on the last episode, I mentioned that there was a poll posted for our next Supercard special. And the winner was Return of the Funker. It went up against Double Tables and Extreme Warfare. And Extreme Warfare was the one that JV and I were all excited about. Because that card was fucking super hot. And I couldn't believe it didn't win. And then I asked Richard, oh, can you get me the, the March footage and also the Extreme Warfare Supercard? So Richard got me the March stuff, and then he said, uh, there is no such thing as the Extreme Warfare Supercard. It happened, but there's no footage of it. It wasn't <laughs> It wasn't recorded, or it wasn't recorded as a Supercard show. Ah, okay. So if it won, we wouldn't have been able to do it anyway. <laughs> so, oh well. Good to know. Return of the Funko <laughs> one anyway. So don't be expecting a Supercard special for Extreme Warfare. It's not out there. So we'll do Return of the Funker, and that'll be our next episode. And we'll try to get that out there as soon as possible. Probably less than two weeks, but we'll see. Because, like I just said, you know, JV and I have a lot of vacation shit coming up that will fuck with our schedules. But we'll get it out there soon enough. All right, so that's all we got. Now, JV, we're going to move on to our first episode this week. It's DCW Hardcore TV, episode 96, on February 21st, 1995. All right. Now, BTT listeners out there, this is now available on the BTT Drive. So if you haven't asked for access yet, make sure you go email bookintheterritory at gmail.com. If you're a Patreon member, Mike will give you access to the drive, and you'll be able to go into the ECW folder 
and get these episodes if you want to watch along as we talk. Okay, so I'll give you a little bit of time to go do that if you already have access. And another thing, well, these episodes are now available on Peacock, and you can pretty much watch along anyway because not much has changed other than the music. So feel free to go on to Peacock and watch along too. So we'll give a countdown as always. So just get yourself set up, and we'll get started in just a moment. All right, now it's time for our ECW Hardcore TV, episode 96 from February 21st, 1995. We got a runtime of 46 minutes and 18 seconds. I'm going to do what I usually do. I'm going to count down three down to one, and when I say play, we will all click play. JV, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. Evolution. Evolution. It just gets ripped off in the future. <laughs> hey, this is not the first thing that's been ripped off. I'm pretty sure Triple H has just ripped off the whole idea of the franchise in Evolution. Alright, now, this is a big deal here. This is a big time Shane Douglas franchise promo. And we're going to have to lay out for quite a bit, guys. He's got suspenders on. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, fuck. He looks like an old man. <laughs> All right, so, JV, you want to lay out for a bit, and then we'll jump in randomly? Yes. Yep. All right. I watched them compete in the ring. I watched the fans and watched how they got entranced with what was going on in the ring. And then it came time for me to go out and do it. And I knew that I had to step up the competition. I had to step up the pace because everybody that had wrestled before me had gone to that ring and done things that I hadn't seen people do in years. And that was wrestle. I had to go back to my roots. I had to reach way back into Pennsylvania State Championships. And what I had up here, what my coaches taught me from the time I was a little boy. And I had to get out of that mindset of tearing off fake t-shirts and look into the crowd and ask them for some kind of response. You don't ask for a response. Great athletes get it. You don't ask for it. So in the 18 nice months line. I've been here at ECW... That's a great line. Charles Darwin said that to be able to survive to the next level, to be able to evolve over time, you've got to be the very best in the pool at that time. <clears throat> if you think of any great sport, it's been that way from day one. In the sport of professional boxing, we had Muhammad Ali, who used to rope-a-dope, and stick his face out and taunt the other athletes in the ring, and he was the best of the day. But there came a time that Father Time crept up on him and took him, took away from him what no other boxer could take from him. It was his athletic skill. And he had to pass the torch down to the next level, eventually to rest on the shoulders of Mike Tyson, a greater athlete. If you look at hockey and you think of Gordie Howe, how great he was, and all the records he set, it was when Father Time caught up and robbed him of what he had best, athletic ability. And then he had to look to the next level and pass that torch on. And the torch was passed to a young man by the name of Wayne Gretzky, who shattered every record. And he's transformed the sport of sure hockey. Bam. Look at the sport of professional wrestling. I can think about the great Bruno San Martino and all the stars before him if we wanted to go back and play trivia. But if we focus in on Bruno San Martino as being the greatest of his day, of being the greatest athlete in this great sport, of the WWF, Held the belt, I think, for somewhere close to 12 years. 
You know, this man is Month, he went some into history. the ring. He battled yes, ferociously. He was an athletic competitor. He was a gladiator who went into the ring oh, yeah. and was able to hold on to the world's heavyweight title through sheer determination and athleticism. But Father awesome. Time robbed him of what he had best, and that was his athletic ability. And it came time for him to pass down the torch. And he passed it to the likes of Ricky Steamboat. And yes, even Ric Flair. But you see, Father Time has caught up to them now. And by 1993, it was apparent to me that it was time to pass it to the next generation. To be the best in the pool at the time is what allows you to survive to the next level. And this great sport is no different than any other sport. It's no different than any other animal out there in the animal kingdom. You've got to be the very single best on any given night. I say in 1995 that Ric Flair is no longer the best. <laughs> Hasn't been for quite some time. I say that Hulk Hogan is nothing more than an entertainer. And I say that if this sport is to survive, I had to do things here in ECW, like transform the name from Eastern Championship Wrestling to Extreme Championship Wrestling. I had to transform the entire sport, and I've done that. I've ripped the mask off of Doink and exposed him as the wrestler underneath, cut through the makeup, because that's entertainment. It's not wrestling. I've accepted the torch from Bruno San Martino. I've accepted the torch from Ricky Steamboat. I've even accepted the torch from Ric Flair. But I've sent a message back to Ric Flair to retire and keep your nose out of wrestling because you don't belong here. It's now survival of the fittest, Ric Flair. And in 1995, you were not the fittest. Hulk Hogan, you were not the fittest. In the 1980s, you guys were the kings of the pond. But today in 1995, as Father Time has eroded away those athletic skills that you once had to look to be the very best, you've got to look to the man they call franchise, Shane Douglas. All right, man. <laughs> oh, dude, that was great. What a fucking... Like you said, he definitely did his homework and put his time in on that one. Oh, yeah. He, he wrote that out. Oh, shit, he's not done. <laughs> he's not done. It's going to go on for a while, guys. There was a man down south by the name of Terry Funk born and bred in the yeah, great baby. wrestling tradition of his father and his older brother. He was doing in this sport in the south what Bruno San Martino was doing in the north. But there came a time that Bruno San Martino had to pass down the torch and his generation relinquished the torch to the next generation, to the Ric Flairs and the Ricky Steamboats and the list goes on and on. But you know something, Terry Funk would not relinquish that title. He would not relinquish that great athletic ability that he had. Maybe he was too stubborn, or maybe he was too tough. But you see, whenever I came to ECW, he was the man sitting on top of the throne. He was the man that needed to be dethroned, and he's exactly what I've railed against from day one, from the time that I quit WCW, from the time that I quit WWF. I knew that it was time to take these old men and get them out of this sport and to take it to the next level, to take it to the extreme. But Terry Funk was not going to give up so easily. Bruno San Martino knew it was time for him to, to retire. Ricky Steamboat, through injury, knew that it was time for him to retire and pass the title down. <laughs> Ric Flair knew it was time when the politicians in the company said it's time, and when Hulk Hogan shoved his bandana in his mouth, he knew it was time to retire. Come on. But Terry <laughs> Funk, that's, Terry that's Funk vicious. wouldn't retire. He wouldn't give up. So it came down to this decision on my part that Terry Funk, as I look you in the eye, and I told this to him face-to-face, man-to-man, you can step down 
or I can knock you down. But at least I was man enough to look him in the eye and say it. And as far as this belt is concerned, oh, what a fucking great promo! You oh, can this have is classic. This belt, I'm giving it to you. I'm Give giving it. it to you. Giving it to me. Terry Funk. I'm giving it to you. I am giving you the... Giving me the belt? Isn't that silly? That is so silly. No, no, Todd, be quiet, because that's that's silly. And I know that... I'm sorry that wasn't very respectful to you, but I'm telling you, you take that belt. And you know why you can take that belt? Because it's going to be the biggest thrill to me on the 5th. Whenever I whenever I take the thing back from you, that's what's going to give me the biggest elation, because I'm going to show you that this old man is not as easy to push around as you think he is, as you should have found out tonight. Terry Funk, don't put my you. finger on your chest. I understand that. I won't. You don't have to you. give me any belt, Terry Funk. I won't touch you with my. You finger don't have to chest. give me a belt, you old piece of. Sh Gentlemen, please. Hey, come on. Gentlemen. You don't have to give me the. We saw this. This was a good one. I feel like this is like this the is third time awesome. we've seen no, it. No, we've seen it like five times. It's <laughs> awesome right. every time. <laughs> this is the greatest That's moment slap. of 1994. Yeah, yeah. And Sherry's out there screaming. Oh, oh back to Shane Douglas's continuing promo. Then I knew that it was put up time or shut up time. That it was time to prove to the world that my butt could back up everything my mouth had said. In Valley Forge, Terry Funk on one side as the heavyweight champion and Shane Douglas on the other as the challenger. Put up time or shut up time. Make no mistakes about it, Terry Funk that night was a man possessed. The toughest son of a bitch I ever stepped into the ring with. You see, he was fighting like a man possessed, like a man trying to save a drowning child. Like a man trying to save himself from the inevitable. But you see, Terry Funk, on that night, it wasn't enough. As tough as you were going up against the franchise, I took from you what you had. But Terry Funk, I'll say this, you made me earn it. Terry Funk has Mr. Hughes beaten with this. All right, so now we go to another clip. This is when Shane Douglas wrapped around Big burlap bag around Terry Funk's head. Hey, JV, what do you think of this segment? We got the Shane Douglas promo in the highlights. I like it so far. I mean, I've never heard this it. promo, and this is one of the best. That's one of the best promos I've ever heard. It's almost like it's been blacklisted in, like, highlight videos for promos. I've never seen it. Yeah, that's weird to me. It's a like, that's like a, that's, that's That's a big pipe bomb. As they would call it nowadays. Yeah. Shitting on everybody. The right. putting the fucking rag. All right, sorry. All right, we go back to Shane. Defended against the toughest that this sport has to offer. You see, ECW's always prided itself as being a home to any great wrestler in the world. Anybody that wants to come and compete can come right here. But I also have to mention that at that same time, after winning the title, after becoming heavyweight champion, that a shoulder injury that had plagued me throughout the WWF and throughout the WCW now became more pronounced. It became full-blown separation requiring surgery to repair. I went up against the very best, Hawk, one half of the world-renowned tag team, Pat Tanaka, Terry Funk, and yes, even the homicidal genocide and all that other stuff that Paulie will tell you about him, Sabu. Okay. And at the end of it, 
I was ever able to remain standing in the middle of the ring and with one arm, my left arm, hoist the heavyweight title into the air, remaining champion until the next battle. Oh, shit. We're getting some... <laughs> mustache. Mustache. Frank. Yeah, mustache Shane. More highlights. But what we left off with, this is a fucking great promo that we're getting here. Yeah. I and think this the, is the first part off the was show. good. That last part was kind of eh. Yeah. Hey, but it's I'm, tough. This is a long promo. No, it is a long promo. I'm looking at it right now. We're at 11 minutes into the show. And mm-hmm. guess what? This is going to go into like 29 minutes. At least we get some good unedited music. Is this right. Tina Turner? This oh, no. is... Sounds like it. Simply the best? Yeah. Tina Turner, right? We we use this music already. Have we? Simply the best. Oh, I, could, I could be wrong. <laughs> I think you're wrong. Oh, back to Shane. Here we go. Down from no man, great athlete or not. I wouldn't hide behind some billionaire's purse strings. And along that time comes an organization from the 1980s, a relic, a dinosaur, a fossil, Tina, shut up. if you Tell will, the, the National Wrestling Alliance. And the National Wrestling Alliance had seen what the franchise was doing in Philadelphia and thought they could jump on the bandwagon. Better yet, thought they could use me as the bandwagon that would take them back to greatness. They held a t- title tournament to decide who would be their new world heavyweight champion. And there in Philadelphia on one fateful night, great athletes from around the world converged on Philadelphia. From Japan, from Mexico, Canada, the United States, they converged on Philadelphia for one reason, to find out who was the greatest athlete in this sport. And at the end of that night, yours truly, the franchise was standing center ring with the world's heavyweight title. Oh yeah. Shane Douglas, we've said it. He's been the man all along. He is simply the best. I mean, him and Terry Funk just have great chemistry. Exactly. Shane Douglas and Terry Funk have been the best. Yes. ECW, from 93 to 95, they are number one and number two. And Terry, Terry Funk's number one. Shane Douglas comes off of Terry Funk. You know, and uh, <laughs> JV, you might not be aware of this, but we're going to have some sad news coming later in this episode about another person that was a big time deal early on. Not coverage. Has been the topic of conversation in this great sport for the last Based on what I just said, you probably already know who it is. It's been the focus of every wrestler's talk what Shane Douglas did with the world heavyweight title, the NWA heavyweight title. Once the most coveted title in the world. A lot of people have asked me, do I have regret for the things that I've done over what I did with the world heavyweight title? Does it keep me up at night? Do people on the street spot me and ask me about it? And the only way I can remark to that is to say, that I took what little bit of credibility the NWA had, and it wasn't much. What little shred of dignity they had worldwide left. And I added it to the growing legend of ECW. I added it 
to the legend and the lore that was Eastern Championship Wrestling and transformed Eastern Championship Wrestling into Extreme Championship Wrestling, creating a new World's Heavyweight title, and along with it, a new legend, the legend of the franchise. That's beautiful. So he continues on with that great promo, but now so one of his this, classic promos, right? And I can't talk over this, right? If you haven't heard it, if you're just tuning in for one of the first times here on the Extreme ECW Livecast, take a listen to. Yeah, we have 46 Douglas. episodes in, so good to replay. R.I.P. Seven years R. ago. The franchise, Shane Douglas, is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. Tonight, before God and my father is witness, I declare myself the franchise as the new ECW heavyweight champion of the world. Now it was up to me. It was time to prove to myself and the entire world that I was more than just a great athlete, that I was more than just championship material, that I was more than just an industry player, but in fact that I was a franchise capable of hoisting an entire industry on my back. Bruno Sammartino never had to do that. Terry Funk never had to do it. <laughs> Hulk Hogan certainly Wrong. could never do it. Sorry. And Dick Flair never could do it. I was handed something that was a dead horse. A wrestling industry that was on its last breath, hooked up to the respirators. And I had to take it and carry it to the next level. And we're still in the process of resurrecting this great sport. Can I do it? I know I can do it. I've proved it. I've proven it to myself. I've proven it to my family. I've proven it to the wrestling world. The wrestling industry is now back, growing in this country. It's getting stronger day by day. And it's not getting stronger by the things the WWF's doing. Because I don't like what they're doing. And the wrestling fans don't like what they're doing. It's certainly not getting any stronger because of the fiasco known as WCW. Because if we left the wrestling industry up to them, we'd all be in the unemployment line tomorrow. But you see, when people in this country talk about ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling, lights go on. A little excitement starts to pound in the chest. The palms get a little bit sweaty. People get excited and they sit on the edge of their seat because they know when they come to an ECW match, whether it be in Philadelphia, whether it be in Birmingham, Alabama, New Orleans, New York City, or any other great city in this country, they know that they're going to see pounding action. And they're going to leave there so exhausted, they're going to feel that they've been in the match themselves. Why? Because the ECW is an experience in athleticism, an experience in true sports, an experience in wrestling like it used to be. Hard nose up front and in your face. Not like WWF, not like WCW. To prove that I could transform this sport and take it to the next level, I looked around and I saw things like the Doink the Clowns, 
things that I despised in this sport. And I took him and I ripped the mask off. Exposing underneath a man, a wrestler, a man who knew how to get in the ring and do it. Who else in this sport could do it except for the franchise? You see, by this point in 1995, I have proven that I can transform this sport. I have proven that I'm not just the world's heavyweight champion, but that I am a franchise, and I live the life of a franchise. He's proven that he is a legit champion. Better than any champion at this point. I think. He looks like a champion. He speaks 1983, like a Cactus Jack and I stepped into the ring for the first time. Both of us greenhorns. Both of us not expecting what was to come. <laughs> the, the butt kickings that Dominic DiNucci and Bruno San Martino would dish out to us as greenhorns. And that Brandis. process was a stepping process to the next level. It started off when break came in the UWF. And then the NWA. And then to the CWF in Birmingham, Alabama. And then back to the NWA, to the WWF, and back to WCW. And with each step that I took up the rung of the ladder, I became a little bit better. At WWF, I was just on the verge of exploding into greatness when my father became ill. But when I burst back into the scene in WCW, I became the world's tag team championship with Ricky Steamboat. And it was something that was made possible by the fact that Ric Flair was not in WCW. Now let me explain. Has nothing to do with the fact that I would have backed down from Ric Flair or that Ric Flair was a better man. But Ric Flair, for just a minute, I'm going to look into the camera because I'm tired of talking to the announcer over here and I want to talk to you. You see, Ric Flair, as long as you were in WCW, as long as you were the political force there that you'd always been, Shane Douglas was never going to get a fair shake. Everybody told you about it, Ric Flair. The people in the front office, Ricky Steamboat, even your four horsemen, Arn Anderson and J.J. Dillon, looked at you and said, this is the kid. This is the guy that we got to pass the torch to. He is the next great athlete. He is the next nature boy. He is the next Bruno San Martino and Ric Flair. Like a coward, you took a pencil from behind your ear and with that eraser and that political clout that you had because you've kissed Ted Turner's rear end, you erased my name off of all the great matches and instead the world saw Shane Douglas, a great athlete in the making, relegated to opening card matches, relegated to a fiasco in a ring with Jim Cornette when I should have been wrestling you, Ric Flair. When you Shots should have fired. been to be a world heavyweight champion. When you yes. should have been teaching me Nuts. what it took to be a world heavyweight champion, Ric Flair. And so now, let me answer once and for all the question, the burning eternal question in this sport. The sheets have asked it. The magazines have asked it. And I know you've thought about it day in and day out. Is Shane Douglas really talking the truth? Does he really hate my guts as much as I think he does? Does he really abhor the things that I've done as much as he say, says he does? Well, Ric Flair, I can look at you in this camera tonight 
I can't look you in the eye man to man because you ain't man enough to face me. But I'll say it in this camera once and for all and for the last time. Ric Flair, I hate your guts. I hate everything you stand for. And worse than that, I hate everything you've done to this sport. You've made my job that much harder as the franchise of this industry to get this sport back to the level it once was. Back into the condition it was handed to you in as a thriving, invigorated sport capable of putting people in the seats. And instead, Ric Flair, you handed me a dead horse. You didn't hand it to me. I took it from you. A dead horse that needed resurrected. And I'm in the process of doing that. And it ain't easy whenever I turn on and see Hulk Hogan stuffing handkerchiefs in your face and entertainer. Ric Flair, you don't have to face me. But for the rest of your stinking life, every single time you look in the mirror, every time you turn on the TV and hear a wrestling match, every time you hear a bell, whether it's a doorbell or a bell signifying the start of a match, you're going to think of one thing. Could I have taken Shane Douglas in my prime? Could I have defeated the franchise? And Ric Flair, I'll tell you now, for the rest of your life, the answer will always be no. I don't have what it takes to defeat the franchise. Ric Flair, stay in retirement because this sport belongs to me now. <laughs> Badass promo. That was awesome. Badass promo. What the fuck? What are we cutting to right away? What is though? this, Tully? Oh, so we're back to another clip. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we've seen this. Tully Blanchard, the next oh. time you <laughs> Yeah, that was I'm Tully. I'm going to take you because I want to beat you. I'm going to take you down and teach you something you forgot. Never ending promo. <laughs> and that's a very simple word, Tully. I want to take a bathroom break, but I can't. <laughs> can I take a bathroom break, JV? <laughs> yeah, go for it. All right, I'm going to shut off and. I'm out. Yeah, I mean, we've got a replay here of Tully and uh, Shane. We've seen this shit, so we're going to let Shane talk away here. Get a nice shot of the belt. Kind of doesn't look that great when it's zoomed in. Probably looks worse than 1080. All the critics said, I had to hide behind Sherry Martell to win my matches. And the critics even said, I had to hide behind Mr. Hughes. In the past 18 months, I've proven each and every one of those critics wrong. You see, I've done in this sport what no man has ever done. 18 months ago, I embarked on a journey. On a trek that would take me from being a mid-level card performer, from being a dynamic dude, from being Ricky Steamboat's partner, to becoming the franchise of this great industry. In the Southeast, Marty Gennetti, you've begun to do the same thing that I started 18 months ago. Through hard work and blood, sweat, and tears, you've won every major regional title in the Southeast. Every title in, the, in Georgia, every regional title in Florida. But you see something, Marty Gennetti, that puts you at center stage to become a problem for the franchise. My daddy always said, nip the problem in the bud. And you see, Marty Gennetti, I'm going to take you and knock you off that pedestal. This week, 
this Saturday it's night. I'm going to take and prove to you that all those regional titles wrapped up into one don't mean as much or half as much as this gold over my shoulder does. You see, Marty Gennetti, I commend you because you've tried to set your life right. You've tried to do the exact same things that I've done. But the problem, Marty Gennetti, is now you've become a challenger. Now you've become a competitor for the spotlight that has been raining down on me for the last 18 months. And I said it once and again, and I'll continue to say it, Marty Gennetti. I'm a spotlight hog. I'm a media freak. I'm addicted to the gold, Marty Gennetti. And this Saturday night, you're going to find out just exactly why. I'm not going to give up the ECW heavyweight title of the entire world without a fight, Marty Gennetti. If I got to break your legs, if I got to break your neck, if I got to send you backpack into Florida or back to your home in Georgia as nothing more than a franchise wannabe, licking your wounds and thinking you're something more than you're not, this Saturday night, Marty Gennetti, I'll prove to you once and for all what Ron Simmons has found out, what Sabu has found out, Terry Funk has found out, what Ric Flair would have found out if he was man enough to come and face me, Such and what Hulk Hogan will find out if he's ever got the guts to step out from behind Ted Turner's gonna, pockets. This, this part of the promo is about Marty Gennetti. This Saturday night, you become <laughs> fodder for the franchise. This Saturday night, you find out why our paths have split, and you're where you are, and I'm where I am. <laughs> All right. Oh, fuck. You didn't miss too much, but that was the end of it. Mostly um, setting up his next feud, which looks to be with Marty Gennetti. And, um, <laughs> that's, that's how he goes feud. No, it's kind of shitty, too, because he names off all these great wrestlers that he's beaten leading up to now facing Marty Gennetti. It's like, damn. Like, you don't belong on that list. <laughs> right, you get a 30-minute promo. And, oh, yeah, Marty Gennetti, I'm coming for you. And this just seems random, too. Now you have the opening 29 minutes into the show. Yeah, why even play it? Right. Can you just play it before Shane Douglas's fucking rant? What they should have did. Nice shot there. Hey, you know what though? They zoomed in on the title, so you can see like the paint and stuff. It did. Not as good as our. Not as good as our title. (laughs) Just say that. Hurricane Ron Championship. All right, so there they are hyping. Shane Douglas versus Marty Jannetty. Marty Jannetty. It's like the Scotty Pippen of the Rockers. Not even <laughs> yeah. the Scotty Pippen. Hey, all this. Yeah, I like the Scotty Pippen. February 25th, 1995 is going to be what we cover on the next Supercard Special. In two weeks, Supercard Special number nine be the return of the Funker. Which I hate that they named it that return of the Funker because it just gives away the finale. <laughs> it's going to be return of the Funker. And with that said, we're going to cover it on the next episode because the February 28th episode that we get to next we're going to get part of that show. Well, here we go. We got our first match. First match of the night. Finally. 
at the 30 minutes of Shane Douglas, which isn't bad. No, it was good. It was mostly good. Yeah. It was great. I mean, because not many people could go on a television and do a promo for 30 minutes. No. That's not something you even saw The Rock or Stone Cold do. No. That's and impressive that was, shit what Shane just did. Right. That's captivating. Yeah. Especially for ECW TV. It was interesting time. the whole time. Right. So what we got here is Tommy Dreamer versus Stevie Richards from the Double Table Supercard, su Supercard Show on February 4th. 1995. And just remember at this point, Stevie Richards is now the flunky for this new guy in the promotion, Raven. Stevie Richards beating the fuck out of Tommy Dreamer. Which doesn't make any sense at all. At least Tommy Dreamer's outfit isn't his. It's definitely different. Yeah. Right? This is the first time I've seen him not with, like, his standard... I don't know what to call but he was wearing, like, suspenders-type look. Yep. Fuck him up! He's got the red oh. T-shirt off. He's going to be baggy as hell. What's this like bullshit? A, it's going to look like a sundress. Oh. It's not. They still suck. They really don't like Stevie Richards, huh? Oh, they don't. Yeah. They don't seem to like Steve Richards at all, and Tommy Dreamer just nailed him with a big clothesline. Oh, that was stiff shot. Ooh, that was nice. Ooh, is that a swinging neck breaker? Now he's what? What is this? Change his t-shirt. Take the shirt off, bro. You're wrestling. What the fuck's going on with the t-shirt? Back the and fuck? forth. Oh, he's gonna stick with the, what wrestlers wrestlers with t-shirts on. Well, that <laughs> that's been a big thing with me over the years. <laughs> and people always questioned, why do I care? Why do you care if wrestlers have shirts on? My always my thought has always been, if you're a wrestler, you fucking gotta be in shape, man. Yeah. And well, I guess Kevin Owens wears a shirt, but he's different. Oh, whatever. Well, let me get back to my point is, if you're a wrestler, you better be in shape. <laughs> and I've always been a proponent of being in shape, take your shirt off. <laughs> and, and some of our friends like Will, Dan, you know. They, yeah, they, they bust your balls. Yeah, they've always <laughs> bust my balls. Like, why do you care if they have a shirt on? It, that's an easy target, though. Just right. set yourself up for. Right. You have to expect a ball busting comment. I exactly. was going to give you one, and I agree with you. Yeah, but it just—it's well, too easy. But you're a fucking wrestler. Yeah, yeah. But really, what does it matter? Yeah. Oh. 
Take your shirt off. <laughs> Otherwise, don't wrestle. Yeah. Get in shape. It's part of your job. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. That's it. I'm not a wrestler because yeah. I can't fucking take my shirt off. That's it. That's why The Rock's an action superstar and fucking Cedric the Entertainer isn't. Exactly. Because one looks like it and the other doesn't. One can take their shirt off, one can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the bottom line. <laughs> so Stevie Richards here can take his shirt off, Tommy Dreamer can't. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer is not going to take his shirt off for the rest of his career. Oof. Tommy Dreamer's yeah, getting too right. used yeah. to it. That's right. He wears a t-shirt all the time. He was jacked as a motherfucker for a while. And now he's going to get used to wearing a t-shirt. Oh, oh here goes Raven. Nah, Raven. Yeah, here we go. This is big time. Big time spot. Raven locks up Tommy. Oof, what's happening? Boom! Stevie kick. Ooh. Great Stevie kick, too. That was called super kick at the time, but we now call it a Stevie kick. And boom, right into Tommy Dreamer. Raven rolls out of the ring. And the referee didn't do shit. He said, okay, that's fine. <laughs> of all the people that named that move, though, the sweet chin music could not be any better. No, that, that's Of a fucking best. name. That's just Absolutely. a perfect name. And obviously, he does it the best. And that's why. Pretty close. All right, so Tommy Dreamer... Avoids another super kick and then nails Stevie in the balls, rolls him up, gets the one, two, three. But again, why did the referee not call DQ on that first shot? ECW, we have no standards. We're still figuring out the rule book. John Finnegan, fuck off. He blames it on his bosses. Well, they keep changing the rule book. But here's, here's Raven. Raven's in there. Raven has Richards and the ref. Dreamer doesn't know what to do. What are we seeing here? What's going on? I was going to say, I think they oh. had him. I wouldn't say he All right. Like It's Raven. It's not Big Show. Yeah, so Raven's... Raven's calling Richards out. We're out of here. Pussy... We got a pussy chant here. Oh, yeah, we got a pussy chant. Richards and Raven walked out. Tommy is loving it. The crowd's chanting pussy, pussy, pussy. <laughs> All right, Tommy going to talk. All right, so Tommy Dreamer's talking shit to Raven. How come you don't go back to WWF? You can kiss our fucking ass. We know who you are. Yeah. He's Johnny, he's Johnny Polo, but he actually had a fucking writing job there. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was on creative. Yeah. At this time, we hear an extreme... All right, all right. Let's go to Joey Styles. Of the passing this Saturday of oh. early ECW okay. standout. Thomas right. Edward Gilbert Jr., known throughout the wrestling world as Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. Eddie Gilbert passed away. 
thought you had like breaking news, like something that just happened. No, I meant this. Break. This is breaking oh. news at the time. I never, I never w- really watched this guy until like you know we obviously briefly covered him here. No, you liked him in WCW. I thought you said that. Well, I. D- well, I did, but the point of the matter is the only reason why I liked him was because he was in the video game and he had sunglasses in the game. That's right. And his move set was cool. Him and Mike Rotunda have like two of the better move sets in that game. Gotcha. It's not like I know like his the history of the guy's fucking no. career. No, of course. Was he ever champion? Don't know. Was he? I don't either. But I know that <laughs> From my time watching this, he was one of the high spots of yes. the 93. But he has a whole career that predates that, right? Right. He, like we called, that was like the, we called him at the tail end of his career. Exactly. Or was that considered his prime? Well, that would be the end of his career. He, he started off in the early 80s. He spent some time in like 82, 83 in WWF as an enhancement talent, basically. He got injured. He got into a car accident. Car accident at that time that derailed him for a while, and then he was in the territories throughout the eighties. Then eventually show up here at ECW. But me saying he just showed up here is not really giving him justice. He he was a big player. He was involved in. So he was a bigger player in NWA. Right. Yeah, he was in right. NWA. He was yeah. in WCW. I would think that would be like the... the... Right. He was... Yeah. He was a big-time player in the late 80s. He could have been a big star. He would have been a big star. But things happen to people. We talked about it. We loved him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made this show for a while for us. Watching this. He was one of the most entertaining guys on the damn show. You could tell he was the professional. I think we, we used to say that. Like You could tell he's like the pro guy. Right. Like he's been with the other promotions or should be. What you have just seen is an incident that the giant Paul Laurier claims. Right. Right now we have what you just saw in his clip. We have Paul Heyman. Before P- Paul Heyman was Eddie Gilbert. All right, so we're getting highlights now. We're getting highlights of the double tables matches. Oh, shit. There's the spot. Once again, Chris Jericho. Not Chris Jericho, but Chris Benoit, rather. (laughs) Chris Jericho. It looks like a little bit zoomed out. Yeah. Yeah, but back to Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit. Hit that big spot on Sabu. Boot. Now we continue this promo, so I'll shut up now. Oh, this isn't the one we heard last week? I think it is the same one. <laughs> There's no way he did another one. I want to hear him say a boot. If you beat us, you'll know that you're the best in the world. This Saturday night, when we beat you, everyone will know. We're the best in the world. Sabu and Taz, you're going down at the hands of the shooter and the crippler. 
You know, to get away from being poorly dangerously, there's not a lot of people in this world I wouldn't want to be. Ben Juan Malenko, I wouldn't want to be either one of you. You see, the public enemy's looking for your ass, and Sabu and Taz are looking for revenge. You want to win the tag team titles? You better start thinking about survival. You might as well order Super Brawl and think you're going to get your money's worth. You might as well have a menage a trois with Magic Johnson. You might as well ride the subways with Colin Ferguson. Public Enemy, I don't blame you. I know that you want Benoit Malenko, and you're more than welcome to them after we're done with them. There's no need to hype this match. The facts speak for themselves. This Saturday night, it all hits the fan. Damn, it's not people to get AIDS. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? <laughs> Getting to a Menage Magic Johnson. At the hands of Cactus Jack in an ECW death match, and this is how it happened. All right, so we didn't see this. This was from the the double table show that we had been covering last episode, but this one was not given to us, so we're getting some highlights here. And the only way that you can watch this in its entirety is go over to the BTT Drive, Patreon members, and you can go to Double Tables and watch this match in its entirety. We are not doing a special on this because, like we've talked about before, this did not win. But you have access to it, so go go ahead and check it out. You get nothing. <laughs> Hey, you got it. You're just not getting it here. Yeah. <laughs> Watch on your own time. But man, Cactus Shack is beating the fuck. Holy shit. Just threw the fucking chair in Sandman's face. Sandman's got his, what, dressed in white party? Those are a thing, right? God damn. He was then placed on a mandatory 21-day disabled list by the Pennsylvania State Athletic Commission. What's up with this music? 28-day disabled list. One month. Highway. Yeah, what's this music? It's get on on the highway, whatever. Hey, Todd Pettgill. Yeah, Sandman's gonna shit on uh, Joey. Call him Todd Pettgill. I gotta figure out what song this is. Isn't this Born to be Wild? Yeah, it's Born to be Wild, but a remix of it. Like, uh. another band singing it, rather. Born to be wild is Cactus's music. <laughs> that? I said, what's it, the B-52s? <laughs> no. Love Shaq, baby. Will right. be in the ECW arena. All right, so we just wrapped up Double Tables 1995, and they're going to be heading on now to matches from Return of the Funker, which we'll be covering in two weeks. But we'll cover the first episode. Of their coverage of Return of the Funker 
on our next episode, just coming up in a few minutes. And that is February 28, 1995. But before we do that, we're going to head on out of here. You guys are going to get a little break, and we're going to do our little audio break. And we're going to play a little Donna Summer. Hot stuff. And of course, that's in tribute to Eddie Gilbert, who passed away. Man, that's crazy. What a fucking young guy passes away like that. It is nuts. I already did my grieving, though. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it. We grieved. We're out of here. Not to laugh about it, sorry. But yeah, let's out. <laughs> <laughs> Do whatever you want. Listen to the music. Enjoy it. Hot stuff, baby, tonight. We'll be right back.
right, we're back now for episode 97 of ECW Hardcore TV. That's from February 28, 1995. So again, ECW Hardcore TV, episode 97, February 28, 1995. You just enjoyed a little bit of Donna Summer's hot stuff, baby, tonight. As a mm-hmm. tribute to Eddie Gilbert's passing away. Rest hot in stuff, peace. Eddie Gilbert. Yep, hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert. Rest in peace. But now we're moving on, like I said, to February 28, 1995. And this is going to be similar to the last show where there's it's promo heavy, highlight, highlight heavy. Not a lot of matches. But as we've said, that's the way that this program is going lately. And these matches are going to be based on the events of the um, return of the Funker show. So February 25th. And we're actually going to get one of the more, more hyped matches. It's Cactus Jack versus the mystery opponent. Who's going to be Cactus Jack's big mystery opponent? Because it can't be Sandman because Sandman's injured. So who's it going to be? So that's what we have to wonder here. And that's the only match we're going to see other other than some highlights and shit. So just wanted to set the stage with that. All right. So let's get ourselves set up again. Use the BTT drive if you want to. Check out the original episode with the actual audio and the music and all that shit. So go over he- go over there and get yourself set up. Or also, again, you can use Peacock. The episode's there, and they're not much different than what they are here on the drive. Maybe just slightly different. Alright, so get yourself set up. I'll give ourselves a countdown. Three down to one. I'll say play. When I say play, we all click play and get started here. All right, JV, you all set? I'm ready. All right, so what we're watching, we have a runtime of 44 minutes and 59 seconds. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. All right. There we go. That was kind of weird. That little <laughs> what was that? <laughs> it was like Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah. Nick time. Even the background's like it's like surface Sandman style in the background. <laughs> this music sounds generic. It sounds like WWE shit. Yeah, it does. And the audio is per like the, I mean the video quality is awesome. Yeah, it's nice and clear. So shit, is this the WWE network version? <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to listen to the rest of the music. It's like, psych. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what we're getting here right now is a recap of 911 choke slamming Paul Loria. And Paul Loria went way up and down. Whew, he got not even down, but like thrown sliding yeah. across the ring. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually from two weeks ago. So not even on the episode that we just covered, but from the previous episode. All right, so we got Paul Laurie talking nice here. jacket. Too big for him. Oh, my Get God. A- Get a smaller one. Well, that's the cool thing, though, about Paul Laurie is he's the giant, so he thinks he's big. He's like, I wear a size large, but he's <laughs> fucking should be wearing a small. <laughs> Over your height. 
see what happened to me will never, ever happen again. Alright, so Paul Laurie is saying he's a giant and that'll never happen to him again. He will never get chokeslammed again because he's a giant. Alright, so this is an original version because we got some legit music here again. Yeah, yep. We got Sad But True from Metallica playing. No, Sad But True. That, that's so My, great. Every time I hear of Metallica, I think of straight shooters. <laughs> straight shooters is a billiards, a billiards club. A hall, pool hall, if you will. That was big time when we were like 16, 17, 18 years old. For us, anyway. Is it even around anymore? Yeah. It's still open? Yep. Oh, wow. Pretty sure, yeah. So those rack em ups that actually just got bought and remodeled. Oh. That was cool shit to go to, go to straight shooters back in the day. Yeah. You, used to, you went to rack em ups with us when we used to go there too, right? Yeah. Going to those places, like, was your first touch of being an adult. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking cool, man. I'm an adult. It was like... It was like, people were drinking beer, even though you couldn't. It was like, yeah, I'm here. With yeah, all yeah, these yeah. people drinking. I fit in. <laughs> all right, so now we got a recap of Raven. Some of Raven's first... In ring action where he kicks Hack Myers right in the head. He he loaded up. He loaded up his steel toe boots and pounded away. Kicked Hack Myers in the head, sending him down. And now you have him mention Tommy Dreamer in the classroom. Early classic promo from Raven. Except this time. You will not graduate. Quote Raven. Quote Raven. Tommy you will not graduate. Quote Raven. Evermore. Great line. <laughs> <laughs> of all the great Raven lines, yeah. Tommy Dreamer, you will not graduate. You know what's cool about those? So Raven was sitting in a college classroom during that promo. And... You know, it's it's those college desks that you can flip up the table part of it. Like the small ass table part that you can barely fit a fucking piece of paper. But to see, considering that, I'm like, maybe there was a big problem in colleges where we can't have these high school desks because... All these people get fat as fuck and they don't fit into regular desks anymore. <laughs> so we need to make desks that you can flip up so people can fit in them. <laughs> and if they don't if they don't really fit, you know you get a squeeze in but they just have to push the table part on their knee. Yeah. Alright so now you have women in Cactus Jack. The woman is talking shit to Cactus Jack. And this is great footage of woman. And as only she can look. But now Sandman here is fucking up Cactus Jack. Again, it's a style of ECW Hardcore TV where it's like, alright, 
you don't know what time we're going to be on, what day we're going to be on. So, in our opening video packages, we're just going to show you what happened over the past month. <laughs> but we're going to do it with cool music. It's going to seem edgy. And that fucking worked. This was crazy, this shit. <laughs> Damn. Cactus nails Angel. The Virgin Angel. Down to the mat. Right in the face. And now he goes right after Sandman. Boom. Beats on Sandman. Cactus Jack going fucking nuts. And Tommy and Cactus are boys. And then that leads to another match between the two that we just covered. Actually, no, this is not the one we just covered. This is the, no. the previous one. Where a woman was dressed as Jade. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. That's right. We got corrected on our Mortal Kombat lore by, by Rick, Rick Baby. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had just mentioned that in the last episode, previous episode of coverage. But it's always fine to mention Rick Baby as many times as we can. And my short-term memory is not the best, so there's that. And there is a little inside information that we're recording the second episode of ECW Hardcore TV like two weeks after the last one. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> and that's why it's delayed. Uh, <laughs> like I said, shit happens. And oh, I got to watch his um, Broken Skull Sesh. I actually watched the Kevin Nash one yesterday. Oh, you did? You watched Kevin Nash? That was good. Yeah, it was good. The Mick Foley one's awesome, though. Definitely gotta watch that. Yeah, you get a lot of insight because they're just chilling, talking. Yeah. Talking bullshit. And it's like easy for the wrestlers to talk to Stone Cold. Yeah, there, there were just some parts of it where I felt like, I can't recall the exact point, parts, but where Austin was, Austin's memory is nuts, first of all. Anytime I hear him on this shit. Yeah. And I think there was just parts where he was remembering things and Kevin Ash was just playing along like he did remember him. I don't think Kevin Nash remembered a couple things that still, still, still I, brought I, up. And Nash was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I picked that up exactly the same way. Yeah, yeah. Plus, Stone does research, too. Yeah. But he'll go back and watch a bunch of shit before he does these interviews. Well, no, these were like memories. That oh, yeah. Had, like, like driving with Nash and shit. Oh, okay, yeah. And Nash was like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And I'm like, no, you fucking don't. You're lying. <laughs> Then why haven't you contributed to the story? <laughs> right. A single memory. <laughs> I thought that was so cool too that Me too. Austin was like riding buddies with Nash. Yeah, I didn't you know. I never even thought of that. No. Yeah, that it was, was cool to hear some of the back I some of that I'd already heard because I think he was already on like a Stone Cold podcast in the past. Yeah, he was. Yep. But it was good. I like watching it. It's good seeing them. Yeah. Watching Nash get all buzzed out on wine. <laughs> you gotta you gotta watch the Undertaker ones. Like Undertaker's his best. I think I watched interview. that. One. There's two of them. Oh. Uh, so maybe you watched the, the first one was the first episode ever, and then he did a more recent one this year. I liked the Rogan one. Did you ever listen to that? Rogan and Undertaker. Well, Mark Calloway. No, I didn't. Oh, actually, I got to listen to a part of it because. It wasn't available. Like, the full version wasn't available, like, a couple of days after it was released. 
Maybe it's on YouTube or something. But, but I, I know I went to the podcast feed and it wasn't like the full thing. Were you on Apple? Yeah. Yeah, he's um he's not a, he's he's signed like a two hundred million dollar exclusive deal with Spotify. Oh uh, okay. All I, I, I have Spotify. Spotify. Me too. I like I use like six different platforms now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got a Hogan sucks chant. Is that what's going on here? As Joey Styles starts the show. This is the return of the Funka show. So this is February twenty third, and Joey Styles is now introducing. All right, the crowd's chant ECW. I believe we're going to start with a Raven and Stevie Richards promo. When they come out, let's lay out and listen to them. All right, Raven. Ooh, why the audio just changed? Yeah, that was funky. Ugh. Some offspring music. Said, oh, what, what was that? Does this say Kid Rock on this t-shirt? I was trying to read it. I don't. Maybe it says Kid Rock. I don't think he was like big then. Speaking of podcast, I went back and listened to some of his Scott Levy Ravens podcast. Yep. And he's awesome to listen to. He's like a cool dude. It also has great memory of shit and his voice that carries went very well. He's awesome. All right, let's take a listen to what's going down with this first storyline of Raven. Has failed again, and another, as in the past, has let me down. But in the thick. Dark, echo the silence. We're suffering and anguish. Our lifelong companions. The healing rains will come. And I will collect my due in pain and wash my hands in blood. What's your doubt? What, what, who's you see, we cast adrift. Our fears, anxieties, and emotional baggage on a sea of hope. We live our lives in quiet desperation, waiting for divine providence to intervene and allow us to lead a forward. I feel like Joey Styles right now. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. What, buddy? <laughs> Oh, what? <laughs> the Hank Hill, what? It's like... Well, Tommy Dreamer just came out basically told him to shut up. That's what I was basically going to say. He's like, shut up, nerd. <laughs> nerd trying to be a badass. You smart-ass nerd trying to be a badass now. <laughs> Let your rage go. Feel my pain. Feel what I feel, But it is kind of the ultimate feud. It's like, Raven maybe was that nerdy kid. That is now like pissed off with the world. Tommy Dream has always like been the jock that gets all the picks. Yep. Raven's like, fuck that shit. Fuck that asshole jock. That's probably ultimately why the fans gravitated to Raven more than Tommy Dream overall. 
slowly sinks below the surface and gazes up through the murky depths. We will realize one thing. You can never escape the past. Tommy Dreamer, may God have mercy on your soul. Style setting the planting the seeds. Joey Style just uh, said, I feel like you guys know each other from somewhere. See, I was in the rock club. I was in the club playing rock. Yeah, playing rock last weekend. And uh, you know, the music was playing and everything. I was playing air guitar. I was having a good old time. Well, any, anyway, just you know, playing air guitar. guitar and everything. Yeah. Well, anyway, Straight shooters. These two guys were in there. These two guys. <laughs> South Philadelphia, you see. Is Richard stumbling bubbling here? Yeah, I think he forgot his lines. Yeah, I bring him here tonight. There's just the guys. There are guys that are going to kick Tommy Dreamer's butt. There are guys that are going to run Tommy Dreamer out of professional wrestling, you know? Couple of guys. Couple of guys. Joey Styles trying to help him out, huh? Yeah, if they can kick my butt, then they can get Tommy Dreamer's butt. Boy Scouts, right? All right, so we're going to get. Guys that Stevie Richards is bringing in to help out Raven. So anyway, anyway, I the crowd chanting boring. And you're not going to believe who I bought. You're not going to believe it. No. No, you're not going to believe who I bought. None other than the ECW, former ECW tag team champions, Johnny Hotbody, Tony <laughs> Stetson, the Broad Street Bullies. The Bullies are back. They were never called the Broad Street Bullies, so Joey Styles saying, the Bullies are back. They were never the Broad Street Bullies, okay, first off. But, former tag team champions, Johnny Baldspot is back. And Tony Stetson looking cool, like a mini diesel. Johnny Baldspot, already dickhead. He's got a mullet and a Baldspot now. Worst mullet ever. Johnny Baldspot's back! <laughs> In 1995, no less. Alright, let's hear fucking Tony Hitman Stetson. And brother! You are a creation of today's society. Society made you. That's the reason you're here, and that's the reason why we're here. So, Raven, we're here to serve you. We're here to keep the hell out of Tommy Dreamer and anybody else you need, because, brother, you're what Generation X is all about. Sounds like X. This is what society's all about. And you see, no matter what it is, what do we got to do? No, Kogan. You suck, pal. You can count on us. Forget this, boy. You can count on us. <laughs> All right, I don't know if Raven's impressed or not, but he just got the... He didn't seem it. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look impressed. He just rolled into the ring and took his place in the corner. Down to the bottom, like he will always do from this point on. Tommy Dreamer came right back and said, fuck this shit, Joe. He's got a stop sign. He nailed the shit out of those Broad Street bullies. Nailed Stevie Richards. Now he's in the center of the ring calling out Raven. It looks like we're going to get some action here. What's happening here? Dreamer's taking his belt off. All right, Richards and the bullies back in. Davey, quick timestamp while this action's going down. I go 17, 42, 43, 
44. Perfect. Yeah, it, it felt like we were, yeah. All right, so Dreamer fucked them up, and he goes right after Raven, grabs him by the hair. Raven doesn't even do anything. Man, that's kind of spooky. Like, Raven doesn't even fight back. Oh, yeah. He's going to grab me. You want to yell at me? Do it. Can't hurt me. If JR was on commentary, he'd be like, It's Tormented Soul! Tormented Soul! <laughs> Yeah, he would. <laughs> right, but fucking while Dreamer was being attacked in the corner by the bullies and Richards, Raven just did a beeline to the other corner and attacked. Now they're in the middle of the ring. And they're going at it. Joey Styles on commentary saying there's something between these guys, alluding to some kind of history between them that we're not aware of at this point. So just with this commentary, we're getting intriguing television and storytelling. Now we're interested in how the fuck do they know each other? What is their beef? Yeah, what's the background? Why does Raven hate this guy? Why does Raven hate this baby face? This is, you know, we, this story obviously hasn't come to fruition nearly at all. But well, it's probably the best, some of the best story being told yet. This is probably the first example of something really being thought out and written. Good shit, man. All right, let's see Joey Styles. That Jerry Sags? I didn't. I didn't notice. <laughs> it was a dude that looked like Jerry Sags with the mullet. If he interferes in this match, we know. <laughs> oh my God, that's the nasty boy. <laughs> yeah, the nasty boy should have been in ECW. <laughs> yeah. They built got, for it. We got the Did fake fucking, nasty boys. Fucking bad breed. Yeah, bad breed. <laughs> Bitch tit breed. <laughs> Joey Styles selling tickets, yeah. Special, special ringside seat ticket package. Alright, so right now we're getting video footage of Mikey beating on Jason. Jason's wearing wrestling gear. Ooh, we got somebody attacking the Hack, Hack Myers here. Throwing Paul Laurie on him, so Paul Laurie is going to defeat Hack Myers. Uh, some masked man helped him out, and we don't know who it is. But Joey's saying that it'll be revealed tonight who the masked man was. Whoever that masked man is will be the man that will face Cactus Jack tonight. In this hour. Just moments away from our main event as Cactus Jack will face a mystery wrestler selected by the Sandman and Woman. And earlier this evening, the franchise Shane Douglas successfully defended 
the ECW World Heavyweight title. And tonight's entire card, all the matches, will be available uncut and uncensored exclusively on ECW Home Video, including a matchup we will show you next week, a matchup. All right. So, Shane Douglas retained the title, and Joey is uh, hyping the videotape that's going to come out, which will be the videotape that we are going to cover on the next episode. We will watch the entire show of Return of the Funker. Okay. The franchise, Shane Douglas... The shooter, Dean so some, shooter. Of, some of what we're covering now will be what we cover on the next episode. We take you now to comments from the Triple Threat. You've not spied upon the vaults at Fort Knox. What you've spied upon is the vaults of the Triple Threat. <laughs> Packing so much gold that the brothers in the hood would be envious. <laughs> you see it goes like this every great outcome is the result of a master plan of a great strategy Newt Rockney understood it Vince Lombardi understood it oh Chuck Noll understood it in the creation of the dynasty the triple threat understands it you see we took this and we buried it and we created a new symbol of excellence in this sport and it goes like this we talked to each other a long time ago, and we decided that this great sport line. must be like built this. on great athletes. <laughs> and the master like plan of the triple threat went like this. <laughs> we're we're looking at an yep. extreme championship wrestling television title. <laughs> and the Iceman, the shooter, Dean Malenko, delivered. We looked at the extreme championship wrestling world. Tag Team Champions! And the triple Chris Benoit and the shooter, my friend the Iceman, delivered. A long time ago, we spied upon the Extreme Championship Wrestling Heavyweight title. And I delivered. You see something, it's very rare in this sport that you've got three extremely gifted athletes, like the shooter, Dean Malenko, the crippler Chris Benoit and the franchise Shane Douglas standing on one screen facing America, facing the world as the greatest athletes in this sport today. We got together a long time ago and said it's time that we put the rest, all this entertainment full crap and bring this great sport back to what his dad knew it was, to what he knew it was and to what I was familiar watching as I grew up. And today, in 1995, we established a symbol of excellence as being the triple threat. And anybody in this world today that calls themselves a wrestler and unknowingly in the back of their mind know that they're nothing more than entertainers, we create an invitation that says, come to our backyard. Come to Extreme Championship Wrestling. It don't matter if it's New York City. It don't matter if it's Philadelphia, New Orleans, Birmingham, Alabama, Tokyo, Japan, someplace in Germany. It doesn't matter. If you consider yourselves great athletes and the gold is what you're looking for, it all resides in one residency called the Triple Threat. <laughs> I tell him, Crippler. <laughs> oh, you dangerous here. Tasmaniac. The self-proclaimed great Sabu. 
You all thought that by wearing the gold around your waist, by winning the ECW Tag Team Champion, that you would attain the level of respect, that you would attain the level of credibility, where you couldn't have been further from reality. Because it's not the belt that gives the wrestler credibility. It's the wrestler that gives the belt credibility. The world of professional wrestling has seen the decay due to the fact that the so-called champions weren't champions. They were nothing more than entertainers. Well, now the world of professional wrestling has witnessed the triple threat. True champions, athletes. The world of professional wrestling has something to be proud of. The one territory, extreme championship wrestling where three true champions can be found. None other than the franchise, Shane Douglas, the shooter, Dean Malenko, and the crippler, Chris Benoit. <laughs> I couldn't have said it any better myself. <laughs> what do you think, Iceman? Shooter, what have you got to say tonight? You look like you're I celebrating. I better. want you to relax just a little bit because I've never seen you out of line like yeah, this. That was... <laughs> you're certainly out of character, my friend. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought you'd say. <laughs> Packing so much gold. What'd he say? A triple threat. Can they hear it? The new symbol of excellence. Both away from the mic. It's great sport. I like how Iceman, Dave Malenko, doesn't speak, though. But, uh... Oh! Oh! What he should have done, he just had the four fingers up, and then Shane Douglas pulled down one, but he should have pulled down one to have a middle finger. Middle finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I agree. Missed opportunity. All right, so we're back to the encyclopedia, and we've seen this one before. Cactus Jack, Bangus Bangus, Toothless Airless Freak, Whose psychotic style and spirit truly epitomizes that of ECW. Now we got Namus Unknownus, mystery wrestler, woman in Sandman's hired henchman, purpose, destroy cactus, Identi identity, unknown, future, unknown, quite simply, a man with no name. Namus Unknownus. And that was another edition of the Extreme Encyclopedia. You should have fucking, um, Lord Alfred Hayes, come back and do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that lifestyles, right? No, Lord Alfred Hayes in WWE, WWF. Remember the little British guy? They oh, the, the play-by-play. Yeah, play-by-play. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Announcements. Yep, 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 yep. Now I remember. Who am I thinking of? Who's the lifestyle of rich and famous? Oh, Robin right? Leach. Robin Leach. That would have been good, too. Robin yeah. Leach. All right, so before this Cactus Jack and Mystery Opponent match, we got Woman being interviewed by Joey along with Sandman. So let's lay out and see what Woman has to say. She's covered up her tatas, unfortunately. What the fuck's a shirt tail? <laughs> I thought it was a coat tail. Little shirt tails. Alright, so here comes Actus Jack. With his Steppenwolf. 
get that motor running. Head on out on the highway. That'll be enough singing right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not terrible. It's not great. <laughs> but it's enough. <laughs> All right, Cactus Jack, you going to speak on the mic? What's going on? Oh, he's just waiting for his opponent. Sandman rocking his, <laughs> his best 4th of July outfit. He's got the red, white, and blue stars and stripes. Zubaz on. That was a classic, man. That's like fucking Rex Kwando. <laughs> you want to take a roundhouse with one of these bad boys on? <laughs> All right, so here's the opponent. And this is nobody that would shock anybody. <laughs> this is DC Drake. DC Drake. All right, so we thought we were going to get a big surprise, and we don't. But what we do get is somebody that is considered to be a hardcore legend of sorts on the indie scene. Okay. At this time. So Joey Styles is saying it right now, one of the most sadistic wrestlers does look that a little this crazy. area has seen. Not going to lie, he does look a little. So a little background on him. He was in Continental Wrestling Alliance in the early 80s. This was based in Philadelphia also. In Allentown, Pennsylvania, rather. So he worked there throughout the 80s. He was known as DC Mad Dog Drake. A frenzy, crazy ass wrestler. He foamed from the mouth and shit. He, he put Alka Seltzer in his mouth and have that shit coming out. He's got the mascara on his eyes, as you can see if you're watching along. So he was one of the early hardcore type guys on the indie scene. But he got injured a bunch. He would also be brought back, and he would be part of the Tri State Wrestling Alliance, which would later become Eastern Championship Wrestling. And he would leave right around the time that Todd Gordon takes over. And that's the start of our coverage. Is when Todd Gordon takes over Eastern Championship Wrestling. Puts ah, it on TV. Okay. So he was with them, with this group, basically at the beginning. Before they were on TV. He actually defeated Rockin' Rebel to win a title at one point. But then he lost this title in 1991. The J.T. Smith. <laughs> so, some of the early stars of ECW, D.C. Drake was in the mix with. So, these Philadelphia fans would know D.C. Drake. We wouldn't know who the fuck he is. Unless we were read Wikipedia, like I just did. <laughs> but if any of you listeners out there know anything more than what I was able to find, you know, this basic information on Wikipedia, then... Feel free to share at Extreme Cast if you know anything more about DC Drake. Alright, so. Here we are in the ring. And doesn't seem like much action going on at this point. A little back and forth. DC Drake just stole the Timekeeper's hammer. Now he's wailing away on Cactus Jack. This guy is so nondescript. 
<laughs> like, generic wrestler. It's like when you get lazy and create a wrestler. No, it's it's create a wrestler like the first mode. Yeah, you're trying to figure <laughs> shit out. Put some eye paint on them. Yeah, that was it. Eye paint. Get the eye gray. Paint. Put some gray pants on. Yeah. Gray sweatpants. It's got the default top on. Oh, it just knocked the the hat guy's hat off. Yeah, this shiny ass shirt. They're probably best friends. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they knew each other. Sure. Because at this point, I think hat guy is setting up the the chairs every every show for his front row seat. That was the deal that those guys had. That they'd set up the chairs and they could have those front row seats every time. Come on, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking sick. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they live in the area? Fucking hell, let's go down to the place. We set up the chairs, we get to fucking sit right on right in the center, hot cam. You know, that'd be like if ECW was in Fall River at PAL. Like, any, anybody we know could have had that connection. True. Probably were, honestly. Alright, so Cactus Jack gets the win easy pretty much from DC Drake. Once he's he gets that pinfall. Yeah, yeah now, now he's paying for it. Sandman attacked him with the... Ooh! Alright, so Sandman attacked him with the cane, but Cactus Jack fights back right away. Whips him into the corner. Sandman lost the cane. Then Cactus Jack hits that great bulldog. And looks like Cactus Jack went after Sandman and Woman with the mandible claw. I'm pretty sure that's what he's doing, right? Yeah. So we're getting mandible claw here in 95, which is not yeah, too far off. Smacked up by Rex Quando. <laughs> Cactus Jack will use that as Mankind later in this year, towards the end of this year. Actually, no, early 96. Jack's now fighting off DC Drake and the Sandman. Headbutt to the Sandman from Cactus Jack. DC Drake, get the fuck out of there. I love that when Cactus Jack, he does the clothesline to Sandman, sending him out of the ring, but also himself out of the ring at the same time. He just keeps battling. What is that fucking thing outside the ring there, JV, on the left? Um, Maybe that has to be... <laughs> it does look like a bonus <laughs> box. <laughs> Maybe it's used later in the show or earlier in the show. Or, or right now. Oh, yeah. Well, now it is. <laughs> it's like a little casket. It's like a casket match. <laughs> he just pushed a Sandman into some kind of cart. But now... What? Now he's wrapped in a... Yeah, now he's wrapped in a... Yeah, wrapped a cape, in, uh, curtain. Right. A black sheet. <laughs> And now Sandman's back in the ring with this black sheet covering him. Cactus Jack is just nailing away on him. Oh, shit. It's a magic box. The sheet is off. It's the same red shirt. It's the Zubaz American red, white, and blue and stars. But it's Terry Funk. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Sandman. It's Terry Funk. That was like a fucking magic trick. What the fuck happened? <laughs> that was a magic box. This is going to get awesome. 
Oh, and they're going at it. Cactus Jack and Terry Funk, they're going to go blow for blow, and they're, they're telling each other to punch each other in the face. <laughs> Terry These Funk guys. is back. I mean, the obviously, chemistry. the show's called Return of the Funker, so now we know why. Yeah. We, we knew why, but I didn't know it was going to be Terry Funk coming out of a box. Nah, yeah, I didn't realize it was going to be this way. Just like when Terry Funk came out of the box as Chainsaw Charlie. <laughs> yep. That was awesome. How many times? I wonder how many times Terry Funk has come out of a box as a surprise <laughs> in wrestling. <laughs> oh, that was so cool. Now fucking Terry Funk is Rex Kwan, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so is so. he helping Sandman? Yeah, yeah. It looks like Funk is with Sandman. Funk is against Cactus Jack. Now, it's called Return of the Funker because Terry Funk has been gone since August of 94. So, nearly a year. Guy? Is that a fan? Who the fuck just ran in? Is that Mikey Whipwreck? Is that Paul Loria? What the hell is that? Who is that? Shit. Who the fuck was that? Who's this guy? Wait, who's this? This fucking shithead. I just Sean ran the people. Mark <laughs> yeah. All right. I don't know who the fuck those two randoms were, but Cactus Jack is just nailing Terry Funk in the head with the cane, and Terry Funk is just calling him on. Do it again. Do it again. Middle agent crazy. Oh. Middle agent crazy. No. The tag team of Rex Quando's finest is beating the fuck out of Cactus Jack with Singapore canes. Terry Funk and the Sandman. Oh, man. This is awesome. Now, it's kind of a downer because we're going to watch this whole super card next episode. And this is like the finale. And we're seeing it now. <laughs> but hey. Other good matches, I'm sure. But this is a fucking good way to end the show. Oh, Chad Austin. Chad Austin. Yeah, Chad Austin, baby. The swishy suit. Yeah, he's got a whole swishy suit on. He gets fucked up right away and tossed out of the rink. Nobody can stop Cactus Jack from his from his beating from Terry Funk and the Sandman. Terry Funk's got a mic now, and <laughs> he's punching Cactus with it. Is he gonna speak? He's gotta speak. We got we got five minutes left. Yeah, I want some Terry Funk promo. Terry Funk doing back or slaps across the face. There's Tommy Dreamer. And he's ducking. Yeah, he's like fucking whack-a-mole. Up and down. Like a ninja. Oh. Boom! Ooh. Shit! Tommy Dreamer was able to get the, the cane from Sandman. Is Terry Funk like hit me? Yeah, Terry Funk is standing there telling Tommy Dreamer <laughs> to hit him. No one slaps like. And then, yeah. Terry Funk. Terry Funk is slapping the shit out of Dreamer. It's like the time that Funk slapped the shit out of Douglas. Yeah. Oh, and Sandman sneaks up from behind. Crazy. This is wild. Terry Funk is talking shit. Can't even make out what he's saying. No idea, but this is a scene, man. Look at Woman now up there. Like, laughing. She's loving it. Another punch to Cactus Jack's head. Double canes. You 
remembers to get the yep. crowd heat. Get the crowd heat. I don't care about any of you sons of bitches. True professional. No, that's a great setup because you got DC Drake who was like there before everything. And then Terry Funk comes out was the guy that they brought in to help this show start. Yep. You know, once they got TV, they had Terry Funk help give it some credibility. Now he's back. And he's back to fuck up Cactus Jack and be with the Sandman. I need those pants, dude. Oh, we, we got to get those pants. Those things are fucking dope. I want to take a fucking roundhouse kick one of these bad boys on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it over and over again. I don't care. I'm going to find that clip and have you put it in at the end of the episode. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. He says it like that, doesn't he? Doesn't he say something like that? I don't think so. Yeah, he does, yeah. Oh, Douglas is out here. What's going on here? And Douglas has a reason to be out there because Terry Funk's back. Oh, what's going on here? Douglas and Funk confrontation. As I was saying before, Funk hasn't been around since the night the line, oh, not the night the line was crossed, but since ECW became extreme. Since Douglas threw down the title, that's when Funk left. Funk no-showed that show because he wanted nothing to do with what was going down that night. And he hasn't been back since. Because he didn't want to disgrace the NWA and be a part of it. I don't know if I ever brought that up. No, I don't remember you bringing that up. So he made a stand where it's like, fuck this, I'm not being part of it. I'll come back later, I guess. Alright, so we have women pleading with Shane Douglas to join Funk and Sandman. Let's see what happens here. Funk is telling Douglas to nail Cactus with the world title. Sandman is holding Cactus Jack. Woman is telling Shane, like, oh yeah, you can have me. You can fuck me all night long if you want. <laughs> all night long. All night. All night. <laughs> All right, we get the closing credits happening. Well, what's going to happen? I think Shane's going to tell woman to go fuck herself. That's what it looks like, but... Well, he'll get his ass kicked if he does that. Funk is pushing the fuck out of Douglas. Hit him! Hit him! Hit him! <laughs> oh, awesome! My Doug issue with this is, it's like you watch... Cactus Jack get his fucking shit kicked in for like an extra two minutes before he decides to turn on him. Before who turns on him? Before Shane Douglas turns on these two. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He lets Cactus get his ass kicked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, dude. That was great, though. You had Cactus being held by Sandman. Terry Funk's urging him, now, now, and he fucking hits the Sandman with the belt and then goes wild. That's a babyface turn right there, right? Yeah, I'd say that's babyface turn. Right, so now you're going to have the triple threat, Benoit, Malenko, Douglas. They're in babyface position now yeah. against against uh, Funk, and, Funk and Sandman. Man, what an episode. I mean, we'll get more context as 
things go on. But again, another good episode. Things are just heating up. Great ending. Yeah, great ending. Like I said, though, it kind of spoils the big show that we're going to do. <laughs> the next the next episode, Supercard Special number 9, Return of the Funker. But, you know, we, we say it all the time. We kind of forget what happens, so we'll probably enjoy it again <laughs> next episode. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to that. We're going to do the Extreme ECW Live wrap-up, and we'll be right back. All right, let's wrap things up here on the Extreme ECW Live wrap-up. And as I just mentioned, next episode is going to be the Supercard Special number 9, as voted on by you, the listeners, and the Twitter followers, at ExtremeCast on Twitter. And the winner was Return of the Funker. So we saw part of it here on this last episode that we just covered from February 28th. So we didn't see a whole lot. It was just really the, the opening part we'll have to see again. That'll be... Raven and Stevie with the, the Broad Street Bullies coming in. We'll see that again. And then we'll see the end of the show again, which was the Cactus versus DC Drake. And then the whole Terry Funk reveal. And then Sand- Sandman beating up Cactus Jack and Shane Douglas turning babyface. So we'll get all that again. But there's still a good card in the middle that we haven't watched yet. So we'll see all those matches in their entirety on the next episode of the Extreme ECW Livecast. Also, give ourselves a little plug again. The Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. This week's episode, it's a big one. It's episode 122. Austin Walks. We are covering late May into June of 2002. Austin is going to walk out after the June 3rd Monday Night Raw and no-show the June 10th show. So, a lot of shit going on there. Big moment. Stone Cold's career that we'll be covering this week on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. Also, please, on social media, give us a follow on Twitter. Follow me, Mike Pru at MPRU83. Follow JV at John Van Damage. And also, follow us on Twitter at ExtremeCast. Thanks, guys, for listening as always. Also, if you're heading down to Grace King High School in Metairie, Louisiana, this weekend, I'm going to be there, so seek me out. If you're there and you listen, just come right up to me. We're all going to be in the same section. That's how Mike got the tickets and set that up. So please come over, talk to me. Can't wait to see you guys over at Metairie and watch some fucking Wildcat wrestling. All right, so thanks, guys, Indie for wrestling listening. is always a good time. It's always fun. Always. wrestling's great. You always get some surprises. There's always some kind of random star that shows up, you know. Good shit for sure. All right, guys. Thanks for listening as always. And we'll be back very soon with that Return of the Funker Supercard Special number nine. JV, any final words before we head on out of here? Nah, man. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. So long. My name is Rex. And if you study with my eight-week program, you will learn a system of self-defense that I developed over two seasons of fighting in the octagon. It's called... Rex Quando! I need a volunteer. Okay, you'll do. Come up here. Bow to your sensei. Bow to your sensei! Okay. Now I'm gonna give you one chance. One chance, people. Give me your best shot. Alright, that was pretty good. 
Okay. Now, watch this, everybody. Grab my arm. The other arm. My other arm. Okay, now watch this. I'm just gonna break the wrist and walk away. Break the wrist, walk away. Jeez. Okay, it's just that simple. Now, I want you to kick me. Come on, kick me. Okay, do it again. Do it again. Ouch. Okay, you'll block it every time. Have a seat. Now, in addition to what you just saw, if you study with my eight-week program, you're gonna learn these things first off. Rex Quando, we use the buddy system. No more flying solo. You need somebody watching your back at all times. Second off, you're gonna learn to discipline your image. Do you think I got where I am today because I dress like Peter Pan here? Take a look at what I'm wearing, people. Do you think anybody wants a roundhouse kick to the face while I'm wearing these bad boys? Forget about it. Last off, my students will learn about self-respect. Do you think anybody thinks I'm a failure because I go home to Starlight Night? Forget about it. Now, for only $300, you can sign up right now for my eight-week program. Come on. 